Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a columnist. I don't believe what I just saw. You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Personally, I think we got hosed on that call. Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. So what about that? Well, you know, they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcast. What about a talk show host? This is In the Booth. Talk show host, that's good. <laughs> I think I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time. With Matt Park. And away we go on a Halloween Wednesday afternoon. Good to have you along with us today. Polly, well, Seth was dressed like Polly, and Polly liked Seth for a moment, and Polly dressed like a grown-up. Rare occasion. Actually, has a collar and a tie on today, looking very khakis, very sharp. Yeah, dressed like a high school. No hat or jeans. It must be a special occasion. Game day, bro. It is game day, and uh, the orange and Lemoyne. Good stuff from Pat Beeline on the previous show. There, bringing everybody up to speed on the Dolphins and. They've just reloaded with a bunch of transfers, and uh, there was some concern, obviously, with all that was lost. In fact, I thought that LeMoyne would lose Pat Beeline, as a matter of fact, off of their Elite Eight Division Two season a year ago. But they have got that roster replenished and uh, figure to be, again, a contender in the Northeast 10. And you heard Coach Beeline saying their goal is to get back to the NCAA tournament. Syracuse, of course, pretty much counting on the NCAA tournament and uh, looking to work their way through seeding over the course of the year. And the second uh, dress rehearsal is tonight. Looking forward to that at 7 o'clock. The uh, theme tonight will be playing for your dad. So Buddy Beheim after his first exhibition game uh, with 19 points, looking good there. And certainly Pat Beeline is an expert in that, uh, teaming up with his father at uh, West Virginia. And we'll be talking about that a little bit on the ACC Network Extra broadcast. Uh, Pat Beeline was rumored to, for a couple Division One jobs in the offseason. If he goes out and has a bad year this year, does that affect where he stands in coaching? Uh, he might not be the hottest thing anymore, but not really. He's going to be a Division One head coach or a major assistant. or what, I mean, He could do that now if he wanted yeah. to. He wants to be a head coach. His father, famously, has never been an assistant, has been a head coach at various stops and has worked his way up every level, which is a very rare way to go about it. And I think with Pat jumping right into the head coaching thing at LeMoyne, there was some discussion, I think, between he and Marist, and uh, as well as Sienna. And then we were all watching that because we're thinking, boy, this could be the year for Pat Beeline or Jerry McNamara would be in a similar boat. One opening that we thought might happen didn't. Uh, St. Bonaventure would be great for either of them, and that did not materialize because Mark Schmidt stayed there. We thought maybe with Pittsburgh and Xavier both open that he would leave St. Bonaventure and create an opening there. So that was one less musical chair available but to answer your question yeah I think maybe slightly the the shine comes off a little I always think about writing the press release can you say hires coach coming off of 17 and 12 season you know you can or worse if you had to say it was coming off of you know 14 and 17 season or or something like that uh, is not as sexy as saying coming off back-to-back NCAA tournament trips and an elite eight and uh, the son of a Hall of Fame caliber coach and all that, which certainly isn't going to change. But Pat Beeline's makeup isn't going to change. He's sharp and knows the game and has been well-schooled and he's well-connected. So uh, his career will take off. Just things didn't work out off of last season, and and uh, it will for him. Just we'll, we'll see what type of team they have over the course of this season. It's Halloween, which means uh, not just cake in the break room, but uh, – 
to a whole different level in there. Yeah, there's one that is just. Well, my thing is the people with the time. I mean, I know this is like my crazy time of the year with the two sports going on and just lots happening. I cannot conceive of having the time. And this is this is not disrespect. It is actively respect for whoever does this. But yesterday I was up at Newhouse. They had the little trinkets. It was a chocolate covered cherry attached to a pretzel, attached uh, to like sliced almonds, attached to a Hershey Kiss. And if you see it all laid out, it looks like a little mouse. In here, it's not just peanut butter cookies, not just peanut butter cookies with the Hershey Kiss in it, which is, you know, that's one level up. It's peanut butter cookies with the Hershey Kiss in it. And then the little detail and the drawing on the cookie to make it look like whiskers. Yeah. And then there was what? Was somebody going for blood there? Or, you know. The band, there's the, the bar yeah, the, with the band aid that makes it look like a band aid. Yeah. That's yeah, gross. That is gross. The, 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 I'm not really into intentionally making food gross. There's one I can't even look at in there. The there was something green. Sitting, what was the green thing? The, did you see the, Oh, I saw the baby. I just looked away. I, I don't even want to know what's going on. The baby sitting in the bean on. dip was I don't even want to know what that is. That's just not appealing in the slightest. <laughs> I mean, it looks real. And it's like, how did Somebody anybody... went with the, you know, just commercial candy bars in the wrapper in there, which, hey, whatever gets the job done for you, I would do the same thing. Looks looks pretty good. Baby in the bean dip is Can't my go wrong new, with, the, with the Reese's. My new book. It, I was going to say, is that an expression that I should be aware of? Is that a more popular <laughs> no, thing? No, but there's a doll sitting in bean dip, and it's Yeah, just, just not. Halloween is not a, a big one for me. I know it is. There's a lot of people for whom Chicks it is. Chicks dig it. Chicks are into Halloween. Kids are into Halloween. Uh, you know, two nephews, they're just blown away by that. For kids, they think it's basically 1A to Christmas. I mean, obviously yeah. Christmas is great, but they're thinking, all right, yeah, we got to go to school, but. We come and we just go to these, we get to dress up and we just go to these people's houses and they give us candy. Where's the catch and how can there be a better day than this? You throw all the rules out on Halloween. You talk to strangers and you take candy right. from them. Right. <laughs> just, it's, right. it's lawless and I love it. Okay. And then, Were you uh, a big trick-or-treater? Not really. I mean, I, I lived out in the country, so we didn't trick-or-treat at home. We traveled for trick-or-treat. So you'd go into Liverpool. We had cousins in Liverpool. And then you load up the pillowcase was their game out there and you can get that thing pretty you know half full pillowcase then you come back the fun part's coming back and sorting it out and maybe trading like you know as a kid i don't think you have an appreciation for charleston chew that's not really a great kid candy you know so you can maybe move that off maybe a grown-up wants to eat that maybe you can trade this over here maybe you know so uh the classics are still there, you know. I've done the. It doesn't need to be Halloween for me to go on the rant about how fun sizes aren't fun, any, right? I mean, yeah, you need full size. For well, s- not everybody's going to give out the full size candy bars. That's actually a Dino Babers thing. We'll probably get into that on the the show tomorrow, out at Press Room Pub because it'll be the day after Thanksgiving, and uh, I don't think he likes the fact that Susan is very generous when it comes to the the candy bars. So the Baber house Babers household for years has been a full candy bar household. And uh, in that situation, but, I think you got to because if people know it's his house, yes, hundred percent, you can't hundred percent. Coach Babers gave me a Charles, like a <laughs> bite-sized Charleston chew. No, uh, you don't uh, want that. What was the one? What was the Z? Zagnut. Zagnut. For six years of my life, my father had me believing that there was this 
terrorist going around poisoning Snickers bars. Right. So every so year he, it was he the ate yeah, He ate every all of our kids yeah. Snickers because the Snickers were poison. Right. <laughs> I like that. Hey, so you know, as long as he has something he's dedicated to, you know, might be Butterfinger for somebody else. But uh, yeah, Halloween's fun, fun for everybody. But I, you know, I 100% agree. If you're a public figure, particularly if your salary is printed in the newspaper, you got to be a full-size candy bar guy, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, that's just the way it is. End of story. Today we won't be home, but do you get a lot of trick-or-treaters at your house? I don't. No, I live in a very dense area, but I live basically in a retirement community, so... <laughs> I live uh, on a street that's a yeah. dead end by a train track. No, no yeah. kids coming that's, down. That's this. scary enough. Yeah, no kids coming down. Halloween. We'll have Adam Terry on. I could pretty much guarantee that Adam Terry is a full candy bar guy. I think I think yeah, they I give out good, good candy in the Terry household, so we'll ask him about that. We'll talk uh, orange football. We've got nuggets uh, from both coaches to share, and uh, we'll continue our preparation for this one on Saturday night. It is a 7 o'clock men's basketball game tonight as well. Seth hit the note about uh, the men's and women's basketball teams ranked, the football team, not just ranked. I mean, that was news coming off of Sunday's AP poll and the coaches poll being released. But last night in the college football playoff, they were picked number two in the ACC. Now, Syracuse could compete for the national championship? Probably not. The stars would need to align in a way that is unforeseen. But that is an achievement to, at this point, be kind of in that position. It goes back to what we always talk about, about the divisions. You know, Syracuse happens to be in the Atlantic Division that has Clemson, Florida State, NC State, Louisville, BC, Wake, and and Syracuse. With Clemson, Florida State in your division in football, you're going to have a hard time competing on a regular basis. In the other division, it's wide open. They'll have a new champion every year. There's no clear-cut winner. Nobody has really built-in advantages. You know, we've got Virginia Tech, but they're not very good this year. Nobody has huge advantages or a huge gap in commitment over – anybody else really in the division. So this would be the year to be in the the Coastal if you're Syracuse, but uh, that is not the way it shook out. If you'd like to join us by phone, you can do that at 315-437-7644. ESPN 44 gets you on the show. Brought to you by Bugs Be Gone and CH Insurance. When we come back, Adam Terry will join us on the phone talking orange football with the Cuse and Wake taking place Saturday night. This is In the Booth on ESPN Radio. It's a happy Halloween edition of In the Booth. Good to have you along for the ride today on kind of a drizzly Wednesday afternoon, but basketball tonight in the Dome. Trick or treat, we're about to find out as the uh, Orange take on Lemoyne in a game that does not count. First one for real is uh, Tuesday of next week. Syracuse football is for real, though, each time out, and uh, the Orange have Wake Forest Saturday night or Saturday uh, at noon, I should say, on the road in Winston Salem. Adam Terry will be there and on the call with us. Adam, hello. Hey, how are you, man? I'm good, man. Happy Halloween, and uh, we're talking. We were speculating on Halloween in the Terry household. Would you like to share some details? Are you a a hide behind the tree or in the leaves kind of guy? I see you like spooking the whole neighborhood. So, you know, the hard part is we don't really have a neighborhood. There's probably like five or six people on our on our road and uh you know so there's not a lot of trick-or-treating so we'll hop down we'll hit a couple of the the people that we know and then um we'll head down to uh kind of the the park avenue area in in rochester where 
my wife's brother lives. So we'll go hit up some of those houses down there. By that time, we'll uh, probably be about 9 o'clock. We'll, we'll head on home. Okay, so there's no dispensing of candy by the Terry household tonight? No, there will be. We'll <clears throat> We'll put the uh, we'll put the dish out. We'll put oh, the you're dish a out. dish out family. You're, you're in a very trusting neighborhood. Oh well, if you're the first person, you win. Yeah, yeah. If you're the first person, you win. Full size candy bars. Of course. That a voice. I'm, had- I'm on my way. Man, I'm, I'm not doing the Lemoyne game today. I'm going to the- <laughs> we pegged you as a full size guy. I figured you were. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I, but I'll, I'll, yeah, let me yeah. ask you this though: Isn't it pretty rare to be a full size and a take your own guy? Oh, like absolutely. you don't see You're just that asking for trouble on the honor system. Oh yeah, go ahead. How well does I mean, the honor system work? Uh, well, I'll probably come home and there will be candy left, just because you know, like it, it's not well trafficked area, so it's uh, you know, you come down, you you win. You're the winner. <laughs> Anything uh, interesting among the Terry, uh, the young children, in terms of their costumes this year? So my, uh, we went with uh, Harry Potter. So we've got my middle's Harry. My oldest is a redhead, so he went with Ron. And then uh, my daughter is Hermione. So okay. if I still had my long hair, I would be Hagrid. Very good. Is it a given that it's a family collective? No, this year they just they they just got into Harry Potter and uh, okay. you know they they went after it they went all, they went they went ham on it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. Well, it sounds like a a good time to be had by all uh, in uh, Rochester tonight. So, and if you want to shoot us your address, maybe we'll swing by for the good candy. And uh, yeah, no. As it rela- <laughs> as it relates to this game, maybe we'll bring along some uh, Halloween candy on the plane on uh, on Friday. That would be a nice treat. Headed to Winston Salem and. As I start to unpeel the layers of this one, Adam, and get into it a little bit more, and and we'll kind of get into the nitty gritty later in the week, but you see some similarities here. You know, the two coaches who come from Bowling Green, Clawson a bit ahead of Babers. You know, with with the chronological head start there, and then the way they like to play offenses similar. Both put up huge points in their last game, and we have both these teams coming in off fifty point games. So there's got to be some pressure to feel like you got to do something when you've got the ball, huh? Yeah, well, you know, the, the big the big part about it is, is going to be when you look at Wake, they've got two running backs that are that are pretty good, the one better than the other in Colburn. And then you look at the slot receiver for um, Wake and Dorch, and those are really the two guys. After that, you know, we're talking about 50-point games, but we're also talking about uh, an NC State defense that was pretty good, and a Louisville defense that uh, had a lot of holes in it. So, not, necess- not necessarily comparing apples to apples, but mm-hmm. you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be a turnstile up in that uh, up on that scoreboard. They're just going to you know just keep putting them up there. So it'll be interesting. And I think obviously Syracuse hopes that uh, Louisville's defense remains. A bit of a mess with that game coming up uh, at the Dome on Friday night, the 9th. Adam Terry is our guest. Uh, he'll be on the call of the game with us Saturday mm-hmm. at noon, the Orange and uh, Wake Forest from Winston-Salem. Wake has won the last couple, including in a downpour the last time we were down there two years ago. And this is a very veteran team. The way that uh, Coach Clawson has built it is he redshirted everybody, and they really took their lumps the first couple years. They We've talked about this plenty. They were 
literally the worst or um, right there among the very worst offenses in America for for two years. They didn't move the ball a foot. And now they're seeing the benefit of that because they've got a lot of guys that have played a lot of football. Yeah, and it's it's one that, uh, you know, Syracuse is kind of similar in the sense of they're building it, but, you know, with Coach Clawson, he decided, hey, we're going to, we're going to take a year. We're going to redshirt everybody where Dino has been a little bit more sporadic of taking and infusing young talent. So um, <clears throat> very analogous in the, in the sense that they're coming away from the Mac and, and building a program. But it's also a little bit different in the sense that, you know, I, I look at Syracuse right now and they've, they've taken a lot of young guys. They've thrown them in the fire. And, you know, you're looking at a situation where uh, a starting wide receiver – and, and Harris was not there at the beginning of the season, nor were we really even talking about him. So it's interesting to see how Dino has entrusted um, some young guys. Howard is a running back. Even though he's fumbled the ball a few times, he still puts him in there. Uh, and then defensively, Trill Williams is doing a, a pretty decent job, especially with how things are occurring in the secondary when Scoop Bradshaw um, – when Scoop and Chris Frederick start the game against NC State, and then they go by committee and they, they put Trill Williams in, and then they also put uh, Ifiatu Malafawu out there. And then towards the end of the game, they do a wholesale switch because of injuries as well. So Syracuse has some, um, some interesting ways of going about it, but you know, I think playing the young talent early has is, is been beneficial to Dino. And I think we'll have to see just how they line up in the secondary this week out of Ify Malafonwu and Trill Williams, one or both of those guys are going to have to play uh, off the bench. Malafonwu himself got hurt and is questionable at least uh, for this coming game against Wake, and then the starters, Scoop Bradshaw and Chris Frederick, have been dinged up as well. Another couple of minutes with Adam Terry looking ahead at Saturday's noon game at Wake Forest. Of course, we'll have the game for you on uh, TK99. Wake, um, Adam, you mentioned Dortch. Wake scored 60 points in the Dome last year without him. You know, to me, that would be somewhat concerning when we talk about uh, what they're capable of doing. But it, not to put words in your mouth, it sounds like that you don't know that they've got a ton of skill position players beyond their first couple. Well, if you, if you look at the receiving core, you know, you've got two guys after him and Surratt and Bachman, you know, 313 yards receiving and 188 yards receiving. When you look at Dorch, it's 751 right. with five touchdowns. So you're looking at a guy, at least you know who that ball is going to. And then, you know, at the running back position, it's, it's Colburn and Carney. And, you know, Colburn put a, put a licking up on Louisville, and, it, you know, rightfully so when they take your uh, scholarship away on signing day. So, you know, for him, it's it's one where he went out and, and did a fantastic job. But those two are out of the backfield are, are uh, combining for 10 touchdowns. So a lot of their offense are coming from those three guys. Adam, I want to hit you on the idea of dealing with success. We talked about it when Syracuse got off to a 4-0 start. Now, how should the team have handled this when – Winning Saturday feels like an achievement, and it was. You get to bowl eligibility, you get to six wins, which is half again what they've won in any of the previous uh, three seasons. You're ranked. 
So all those things are great. I'm sure they're hearing about it from people uh, coming out of the woodwork and lots of text and social media interaction and that type of thing. But it wasn't the last game of the season. How do you try to split the difference here in terms of managing what you've earned and, and celebrating it, but uh, getting the focus right for this week? Yeah, that, that comes from the top down. I don't think Dino is, is going to let anybody think that they've arrived yet. You know, they've accomplished a few things, but with with the caliber of team that they have, and, you know, when I look back at the beginning of the season, you look at Eric Dungy, bowl, bowl eligibility was the gold standard. It was, you know, when I'm looking at it, it's, it's a record where they probably get seven wins if you're looking at the uh, – at the schedule, and they've they should be able to accomplish that this week. Now it's a matter of, hey, we've we've, we've got one knockdown, and that's how we were in the NFL. You know, when a, when a coach went up there, we say, okay, hey, first thing is to win the win the conference or win the division, and and then start to work your way up past that point. So in a in a situation like this, it's one check mark. Now they can start to make. You know, they can make history. You know, they could be one of the best Syracuse teams ever. You know, when, when you're looking at the 2001 season being a 14-ranked 14th ranked team that I was on, we had a lot of really good players, and we just didn't know it. You know, when, when Dwight Freeney came out of the scene, people really didn't know it because the year prior, he had the kidney laceration, or the liver kidney laceration, so he was out for a little while. Um you know, in a situation like this, it's you, you kind of understood how good Eric Dungy was, but now he's rewriting the history book. And when you pass McNabb and you go over 10,000 yards all purpose, that's crazy. And then the, the, uh, the cast of characters that are, are filling in around it is it's a, it's an amazing thing to watch. So I think when you go into a locker room like that, first and foremost, Dino Babers, has the check mark, yes, we're bowl eligible, fantastic. But also from his perspective, he wants the best team out there. And uh, he's going to push those guys to do so. And you, you saw that with how they ha- handled Dungy initially, and then also how they handled the bye week of giving them adversity through a way that most people don't think you can give adversity during a bye week, changing up the practice schedule. So, I don't think they're going to let off the accelerator. And right now it's Syracuse is on the map for the first time in a long time, 22nd in the AP and I believe 24th in the coaches and then 19th on the, uh, on the power rankings going into the, the, the bowl series. So you nailed it. it's, it, it's an awesome thing. Yeah. Good stuff. You know, I, I'm excited when we have more time to dive into that whole idea of we were better than we knew at the time, you, you know, with your teams, you sort of look around. Oh, gee, there were pros on this team, and and maybe that's happening here. You know, I I think we talk about that with Syracuse basketball from time to time. That you know maybe somebody had a, a bit role or something, and then they develop into a better player, and that can happen with this football team, and certainly with uh, some of the younger perimeter personnel. I think the wide receivers and deep backs, those guys, there could be some pros there, and uh, you know they're just in their infancy now as players, but we'll see how that plays out and how it impacts the program. So, I I have one yeah. more Halloween question for one you. One more from Polly. Uh, if, if you were trick-or-treating, you want, if you were trick-or-treating, what was the one candy you wanted put in your bag? Um, a full-size Snicker or... Nobody's giving um, that up. 
the the that, there were like we we knew people that in our neighborhood if you got there early enough they were ready to just give out as much candy as possible. <laughs> wanted a full size Snicker or I wanted Reese's uh, peanut butter cups. Very, okay. those are both good. Very vanilla answer. Yeah, I mean, Snickers is like a Hall of Fame candy. I mean, that's pretty much basic. I don't think people are handing out full-size Snickers is my contention. Yeah, not anymore. In my in my experience, if you're going full-size, it's um, things you're buying a little bit cheaper. They're kind of stackable. Like my, my recollection of the only full-size you saw were Nestle Crunch Bars, maybe the flat Hershey Bars. I, I'm trying to think as a kid. I don't remember fun-size even existing. No, well, they, they didn't call it that. We'll turn Adam loose and we'll we'll get into this. This is very important. Thank he you, Adam. I'll, 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 uh, I don't think he cares to, but <laughs> we're, we're going to... Well, wait. Hey, Matt, I just want to... Uh, to your last point, you know, one of the things that's really interesting, and, and I brought up the point of not knowing how good this team is, is at the beginning of the season at Western Michigan, I bumped into a few scouts that I knew, and they were starting to just look at a Chris Slayton. Now when they actually sit at the end of the warm-ups and, and take heights and weights and measurements from offensive linemen, from from specifically our two defensive ends that are that have a great opportunity in, in future in front of them. It's it's an interesting thing to say these guys are a little bit better. Um, and it comes down to coaching and it comes down to the development over the over the years. So that's my last nugget. No, I appreciate it. It's uh, all good stuff there. We'll we'll dig into that further with uh, still plenty of time here before the season's out. I think you look at the personnel, the identifying of it and the developing of the personnel, that's one thing. And then it's a matter of playing better football, visiting with Dave Clawson yesterday, and, and uh, we hope to run some of that here before the week's out. Dave Clawson will say, the reason Syracuse is better is they're plus nine in turnovers. Their special teams is great. That's playing the game. That That's apart from personnel. So we thank Adam Terry for coming on with us. Here's my thing on um, on the candy bars. Nobody's giving out full-size Snickers, I, I don't think. They, they just strike me as too valuable. You're not buying them in the bargain basement. You know, the big bags, the stuff that goes on sale, the dollar store stuff. Uh, Reese's, I don't think people conceive that as full size. But let's get to the fun size. That's what they call it now as a way of making it feel like you're you're getting into something. You you know, or they're doing you a favor. Yeah, it was just called, it maybe was called snack size or something before. What's currently referred to as fun size is not fun for anybody. Okay. I had a Heath bar the other day. It was smaller than the size of my like the my thumbprint. That's not fun. <laughs> There's nothing fun. No, I mean it's insulting, is what it is. What was the worst thing? What was if you got some um, toothbrush? Well, I mean you got the toothbrush and the apple, and you have to go go to the dentist. I mean you need to do that. Dental hygiene is an important thing, but um, I know you know I don't want to steal his uh, rant. Mike Golick every year on this same radio station and network goes into the whole thing like, hey, can we have one day? Can you, you know. One day, give out candy. It doesn't have to be the the worst pennies. Pennies people did okay, whatever. You know that's that's kind of a, a statement or, or somebody that doesn't want to for the worst though. The little books of coupons. Oh, so like McDonald's, yeah. Or, yeah, free ice cream cone. Yeah, that's just not. Yeah, because the kids not, not getting to McDonald's. Well, it's not that much fun. It, it feels more like work. Then you gotta, you know, what are you gonna beg your parents to take you to the place to use the coupon, which was, you know. We're all so young, I don't remember what it was, but it was probably a buy one, get one free even at that, right? It was a free cone at McDonald's that I used to Yeah, get. or fries. But um, 
Then you get there and the, the worst. I was never a. I think the worst candy of all time. Good and plenty. Uh, see, I don't hate black licorice. Really, yeah. I hate that just just bad. No, bad candy. Totally. I mean, I don't even. I wouldn't even say it's overrated. I don't even think it's rated. Terrible candy. Circus peanuts. I don't mind circus I peanuts. Don't my, my, they're my kind mom, of a romantic in my family. My grandfather liked those, so I, I, I have a fondness in my heart for circus peanuts. But um, yeah, can't do the good and plenty. The, uh, the my favorite candy bar, I think, and I'm open for you know. There's been new inventions since. You think it's uh, like a? I think you've talked about it being dated. Yeah, yeah, very 80s. Yeah, I don't. I don't really think of it that way, but I. I'm sure I ate them more in the 80s. I don't I don't go around grabbing candy bars that often anymore. But it's whatchamacallit. That's a great candy bar. I like an Almond Joy. Yeah, that's weak. That's an old man. Candy. That is kind of old man. That's that's right next to the, that's in the same, <laughs> same column as the Werther's original. Yeah. All right, good stuff. Hope everybody has a uh, good, happy, healthy, not healthy, a very happy and candy-filled Halloween. I might go run back to the break room for another one of those cookies. We'll have uh, Do We Care when we come back with Tommy. Your phone call is welcome as well at 315-437-7644. 315-4ESPN44. What are you passing out tonight on Halloween? That's all fair game in the booth on ESPN Radio. Do we care? Interesting. I doubt it. No, wait. The other thing. Tedious. But we will do this segment anyway. Don't care anymore. Don't care. Syracuse is one of two programs in the country in the AP Top 25 in football, men's basketball, and women's basketball. Mississippi State is the other. And I know Seth brought this up in his update, but I think it deserves a a bigger conversation about just how great of an accomplishment this is for Syracuse right now. It is. The only thing I would say is that you don't win this football game Saturday. All this sure. is, is undone. Yeah. But the basketball teams, both men and women, aren't going anywhere. They have uh, five returning starters on each team. Then they figure to be ranked for most, if not the entire season. So that bodes well. It's a major accomplishment to get football back in there. And there's a reason why it's not only rare. And people got addicted to this. It was like this throughout the entire 80s, basically. You know, Well, not in 80s, but from 80. Seven to you know, yeah, <laughs> to mid nineties and beyond. This was basically the way it was all the time, and it's not that common. I think you should understand, you know, that it's pretty cool to have both your football and basketball teams ranked. In this case, women's basketball too, and uh, you know, there's a couple others that are in the neighborhood, and and credit to them as well. But uh, right now, special times, and you you hope to see it kind of ride out and for uh, the fans and everybody to em- embrace what it is because uh, you know you might be looking back on it and thinking it's either hey it was really special when it happened or this was the start of something that becomes commonplace. Believe it or not Buffalo is one of those teams. Yeah, I believe it they've had a great football season they got off to a great start basketball really good coach that's not going to be there for very long and uh, women's basketball, good coach, and, and they've uh, built their program there. So they're right there getting the votes. Yep. Yeah, one of 10 programs in the country receiving votes in all three of those sports. Uh, the Rockets, they fell to 1-5 in five on the year yesterday. They're now last in the Western Conference. They have already matched last season's total with three losses of 15 or more points. Mike D'Antoni says they've lost their swagger. Yeah, I think that happens. You know, you change the chemistry on teams, and they play a style uh, infamously where they jack up a gazillion three-pointers and, and that kind of thing. So uh, that can come and go. The The margin deal doesn't really bother me that much. I think when you play so many games in the NBA, 
you're bound to not have your night and, and get thumped, and who knows if that'll continue and, and they'll get uh, knocked around on a, on a regular basis. I don't think it necessarily matters. I think in the NBA you can lose by 15 one night and come back and win the next night, or or you know you can lose by 15 on the second day of a back-to-back and things like that that, that have you not at your best. So that, that's something to, I think, not react a ton to now, but to keep an eye on. I think what that margin does show is that the defensive struggles that were a worry in the offseason after losing Teresa and Luke Mbamute are actually happening. They actually are struggling a lot more defensively, especially with adding Carmelo Anthony, who is not known for his defense. That kind of that change from Ariza to, to Carmelo Anthony is showing. That's probably about enough of the enough of the defensive breakdown of the yeah. Houston Rockets that they're we not as good show. as their team they were last year. Next, and everybody knew that going into the Luke, year. And but Jimmy Butler. I don't think we're going to have a lot of uh, Luke Emba Amute breakdowns uh, on the show. <laughs> no. You could, could do that on another show. Uh, Derek Anderson, he got hurt at the end of the game Monday night versus the Patriots, and will not be able to play Sunday against the Bears. They've named Nathan Peterman to be the starter. Sean McDermott actually says that he's confident in Nathan Peterman and believes the team is as well. He has to say that. He has to say that. I don't think he he can't. He can't he believe nothing that, right? to base it. Well, he might have some sort of confidence based on what he's seen. He absolutely has to say it. Or, sure. Or I can see the reason for why he feels like he has to say it. To say that the team has confidence in him is far-fetched because it's not like Nathan Peterman has just struggled. He's really been you know historically inept. He's thrown you know more completions to the other team than his own team and He's had a lot of issues, so um, we talked about that before. I'm not going to kick Nathan Peterman while he's down, but he does not look to be you know, a serviceable NFL quarterback, and then they've obviously got issues with uh, the various injuries, and, and they're in trouble. And that's what happens when you do what they're attempting to do. They're trying to bring along a guy, obviously, and then they'll have a quarterback on the cheap in, in Josh Allen, but they got rid of Tyrod Taylor, and they didn't have a veteran presence, and it's really cost them here. Has there ever been an athlete that you've t- tuned in for to see what what he'd do wrong next, like Nathan no. Peterman is? I don't think so. I won't even do it with him. No. No. I, no. For me, it makes the Bills watchable, believe it. Because no, I want to see what he will do you're wrong. A horrible He's still human. a professional athlete. No, <laughs> I, I don't think. I, I'm not like that at all. No. I mean, I don't want him to do poorly. I'm kind of curious. I mean, when you throw five interceptions and a half, that's, you know, just incredible to, to see something to that degree. But, you know, Nathan Peterman, bad example. I was going to say anybody who's made the major leagues is a stud. And Nathan Peterman was a very good college quarterback, or good enough. You know, he's just not hanging. But any, I don't like when people say, oh, this guy's awful or he's the worst. The worst guy in the NFL, the worst guy on the PGA Tour would knock the pants off of anybody you know. Sure. So they, they, they signed Matt Barkley this week to be their backup. So they've... They've gone through a couple journeyman quarterbacks now with Derek Anderson going down and now back up Matt Barkley. Okay, thank you, Tommy. Enjoy Halloween. Tommy's dressed as a lumberjack today for, for Halloween. All right, let's go to uh, John in Syracuse joining us on the phone. Hello, John. Hi, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. As far as the uh, football team goes, yes, uh, don't get me wrong. I love Dino Babers, but I've got a real concern, and I was wondering if you think it's legit because it seems like Wherever Dino Babers has gone, whether it's Baylor or Bowling Green, his team's put up a lot of offense, but it doesn't seem like they stop anybody. And, uh, you know, it seems like if they don't win 50 to 45, they're in trouble. And when I look at a team like Wake Forest with Dorch, 
and Colburn. I mean, I can see that team beating Syracuse 50 to 40 because it seems like Babers' teams just can't stop anybody on defense. Am I way off base? No, you're not way off base. I think it's at least worth consideration. I wouldn't hold anything at Baylor uh, against Babers. He was not the head coach. He didn't hire the rest of the staff. He didn't have that much to do with it other than the offensive side and learning what he was then able to take on to other places. Bowling Green, I think it's a look, you look at the record, that'll happen. The one thing that's a little bit different, it's true at Syracuse, but also at Bowling Green it's even more so. You only have so many good players. And I don't think he'd be the first head coach in the history of the game that really put you know put the best players on the team on his side and recruited you know Bobby Petrino has been accused of that and it's not even accused but you know that's what that's a, a brush that's used to paint Bobby Petrino that he puts so much emphasis into getting offensive players that his defensive players like corners and stuff just turn out to be the like leftover wide receivers and, and that type of thing and that's cost him you know to me with Syracuse right now it's an exciting brand of ball the other team gets a lot of possessions because Syracuse is scoring and yeah, they're going to score some points. You do have to get stops, and they're trying to get just enough stops. One or the, you know, right now this year they've been viable because they're getting turnovers, and uh, and that's what's working. Is that sustainable? We're about to find out. Um, you know, I think you very well could see a fifty to forty game in Winston Salem on Saturday. Overdue for a timeout. We'll hit that when we come back and uh, finish up on the show today on a Halloween Wednesday in the booth on ESPN Radio. I want candy as well. Twix, I think, is a can't-go-wrong candy bar situation on Halloween. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with it. I noticed now they're packing them up as left Twix and right Twix. I got some for the uh, these school children up at Newhouse the other night. Children? That, <laughs> that's the thing. And this group, I mean, what I have... Uh, 15 kids in class, all like seniors and grad students, and they devoured that stuff. We had... Uh, Twix, Kit Kat, Three Musketeers. I mean, those are all all-stars, perennial all-stars. You can't argue with any of those. If you don't like those, I, you know, we're probably not going to get along. All basic stuff. You'd ask, um, what's the non-candy thing that you've seen given away? The one that I re- remember from my childhood that uh, I'm sure I'm in the minority in this, I didn't really mind and wouldn't mind if it came back, is popcorn balls. Um where do you see them in any other setting? But I'm not a fan of those. Go to 50. So who dresses a clock? We should, we should have put a <laughs> clock up in here so we end the show on time. I like those. So be creative out there, people. Full-size candy, if you can afford it, in your neighborhood. Thank you. Be safe, everybody.